0: What is up, my friends? It is Friday, June 26th, and you are listening to the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every other day. Today's podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Oh boy, it is a Friday and TGIF indeed. I really don't know what is going on out there, friends. It seems like COVID is a bigger deal than it was prior to the NHL pause. Sports all paused, really. And it does not make me very optimistic about a return to hockey. But before we get into all that, let me remind you that the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast is available wherever podcasts are found. You can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and you can even say, hey, Google, play the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Sure. Locked On Bruins, daily podcast on the Boston Bruins on Google Podcasts. Here's where you left off. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And you can also find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. Whoa, a little podception there for you as I, uh, yeah, pulled that off uh, my little Google Mini Nest, which I usually say every day. So there you go. Follow the show on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. To be quite honest with you, I'm feeling a little meh today. Uh, For those of you who know kind of my story and what's been going on with my family over the last few years, my wife underwent cancer treatment a few years ago, and once a month, she has to go to the hospital for a a monthly dose of uh, some medication, which kind of knocks her out for Friday night and most of Saturday. So um, yeah, it's a a reminder of what we've been through. Also a reminder that she is doing well, and that this is a uh, something that needs to be done in order to keep that a reality. So um, yeah, if you could send some positive vibes to the McLaren family this weekend, that would be much appreciated. I mentioned the uh, NHL's return to play plan continues to move forward. Despite high levels of COVID-19 resurgence, specifically in the States, there's a bit of a bump up here in Ontario as well. Vancouver has been wiped off as a hub city because of concerns over asymptomatic players being able to remain uh, you know out there with the possibility of spreading that out and BC health officials weren't in agreement with that it's something that it looks like maybe Toronto would be okay with and Edmonton would be okay with I believe we're down to five possible cities now those two that I mentioned as well as uh, Las Vegas Los Angeles and Chicago now Los Angeles seems to be off the table, I would think, because of high number of cases in LA County. Uh, if I'm a betting man, well, the smart play right now, I think, would be to have both in Canada, as we seem to have a better handle on things up here than than uh, down in in the states. Uh, but uh, I'm assuming the NHL wants a presence in in the states, and, and Las Vegas still seems to be the front runner in that regard. Uh, but anyways, I say all that because Amelie Benjamin of NHL.com, she raised five questions for Bruins in the Stanley Cup qualifiers. And, uh, you know, just looking ahead at those qualifiers, if all goes well with the voluntary workouts and with training camp, what might be the most pressing questions that the Bruins will face? And so she raises five questions. I'm going to give my take on on those five questions. So the first question is, can they regain the momentum they carried into the pause? Again, we all know the Bruins were the only team to reach 100 points. They were 16-4 and in their final 20 games before the NHL paused its season. And the biggest uh, indicator of the fact that I believe they can regain that momentum is how well they came out of the gate in the regular season after the disastrous game seven loss against the St. Louis blues in the Stanley cup final. They had that roster continuity. They had that strong leadership and they were able to jump out of the gate uh, very quickly as a cohesive unit. And I believe there's a very real possibility that they can get that done again, especially with that motivation to um, get rid of that or take care of that unfinished business that they have after last season. Second question she asks is, is age just the number? And this comes from Brad Marchand saying back in April that the Bruins might be at a disadvantage when the season resumes given the amount of veterans on the roster. Older teams are really going to struggle, he said. Obviously, we know Zdeno Chara; he's 43. Tukarask is 33. Bergeron, 35. Marchand is 32. Krejci's thirty-four. Those are all key players who are advanced in aged, aged in age hockey-wise. Now, I would say that the break that they've been on would help them to regain any uh, health that they not regain health, but and <laughs> it's not a video game kind of Mario. They're regaining health. Um, you know what I mean. This rest will have helped them, I think, to stay fresh for the playoffs. Um, It might take them a bit longer to get up to speed, um, but that's where some of the young guys might have to step up, like uh, a David Pasternak or Jake DeBrusque, even Charlie Coyle, to help shake off that rust early. But given the work ethic of these guys, I don't think that is uh, much of a concern. Question number three, can Tuka Rask duplicate his success from the 2019 playoffs? I said many times, and I don't think it's really up for debate, that if the Bruins had won game seven, Rask would have been the Smythe Trophy winner. He had a 934 save percentage, uh, two shutouts in the playoffs. He was in the conversation for the Vesna Trophy this season, leading the NHL with a 212 goals against average it's kind of a bogus stat but he was second with a 929 safe percentage uh, he is a bit of a slow starter and that can't be the case when the Bruins come out of the out of the gate in these well I mean the qualifiers doesn't matter as much so you know if he plays two of those three games maybe shake off the rust but he needs to be at his best really quickly and this could be an area of concern now I'm gonna skip number four as um, it pertains to uh, Jake DeBrusque and then I have a bit more to say on him question number five is where do Andre Kasha and Nick Ritchie fit the Bruins acquired these forwards in separate trades from the Ducks ahead of the 2020 deadline uh, Cassidy tried to integrate them before the pause but he didn't really land on a permanent spot for either Kasha had one assist in six games. Richie recorded two points in seven games. It really makes sense to put Kasha on the second line with uh, David Krejci and Jake DeBrusk, while Ritchie is likely to play on a third line with Charlie Coyle and a yet-to-be-determined uh, winger, either Andres Bjork or uh, Carson Kuhlman, I think would really give that line a boost as well. So this is a big question. I think Cassidy is going to really have to find a permanent spot for those two. And those two players are going to have to uh, quickly become acclimated with those players in order to uh, get the most out of those new additions. Now, before I jump into talking about Jake DeBrusque, I just wanted to mention rockauto.com here for a moment. If you are a car enthusiast, and are looking for the best auto parts on the internet, you need to look no further than rockauto.com. Now, one reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money. Now, you can use that for more important things like your mortgage or weekly groceries. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can get hundreds of body parts from different manufacturers from all over the world. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do it yourselfers. If you go to rockauto.com to see all the parts available, write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Now, the question that I skipped over there from Amelie Benjamin, NHL.com, was can Jake DeBrusque find his consistency? And I'll read her answer before uh, I talk more about him. She writes, DeBrusque was a force in 2018-19, scoring 42 points, 27 goals, 15 assists, in 68 regular season games. And 11 points. In 24 playoff games, 4 goals, 7 assists. This season, his production dipped to 35 points, 19 goals, 16 assists in 65 games. More concerning, he lacked consistency and was benched several times. Side note, he was also uh, relegated to the third line in an attempt to uh, boost his production by head coach Bruce Cassidy. In April, DeBrusque said, the time away from the game has allowed him to take a step back and understand what kind of player I want to be in this league. The Bruins have been at their best when they're not relying solely on their top line for offense, and a revitalized DeBrusque would go a long way toward helping them achieve their cup aspirations. Now, I could not agree more. Jake DeBrusque is a very important player for the Boston Bruins. It's actually the fifth anniversary of his selection at the NHL draft. He was selected, as we all remember, 14th overall by the Boston Bruins in that draft. That was the pick the Bruins themselves owned, and he was uh, sandwiched between Jacobs Borough, who came from the Los Angeles Kings in the trade that sent Milan Lucic and, uh, to Los Angeles from Martin Jones, Sean Corrales, and that first first-round pick, which looking back is just a very sick deal for Don Sweeney. And then, of course, uh, Zach Sanitian was drafted 15th overall in a deal with the Calgary Flames that sent Dougie Hamilton uh, to Alberta in exchange for uh, the Calgary's first-round pick and Washington's second-round pick in 2015. Uh, and that was used to get Jacob Forzbaka Carlson and Jeremy Lozon as well. There were two second round picks in that trade. Anyways, all that to say, Jake DeBrusk has clearly been the uh, best player of that trio. Still a bit of a reach at 14, I would think. But, uh, you know, he's scored 62 goals at the NHL level. With 58 assists for 120 points in 203 games. And as Amelie mentioned, uh, he definitely lacks that consistency. I would have liked him build on last season's success and push for 30 goals this season. Uh, As it stood, he had 8 fewer goals in only 3 fewer games played year over year. And statistically, the lowest output of his career to date which is troubling. Now, like I said, he was benched a bit. He was uh, demoted in the lineup a bit. And I really think that Bruce Cassidy's message uh, hit home. And like you said, while he's at home during the break, he's been really reflecting on uh, his role with the team and what he needs to do and be to uh, maximize his potential with this team. All that to say, if he can find his consistency, it's really a boon for the Bruins going forward, but he's a big question mark and that is made even more uh tricky to navigate moving forward since he's a restricted free agent this season. And that brings me to um a column written a couple of days ago by Joe Haggerty who I don't always agree with, but I think he brought up something worth discussing here in that what will DeBrusque's value B this summer, and what does that mean for the Bruins? Now, obviously, from the regular season, you would think that he might be in line for a bridge deal or not pushing his salary up because of his down season. But if he's able to have a bigger breakout in the playoffs, that would obviously serve him well in terms of contract negotiations. This is what... Hags had to write. He said these days, debrusque is going to command a big jump in salary to the 4.5 to 5.5 million average annual value, and he still hasn't quite developed into a consistently productive top six offensive threat on the second line. I'm not really sure how you put those two things together. How is he gonna get a big jump in salary when he's not developed into a consistently productive top six offensive threat? Um, if there was a time to deal away DeBrusque, Haggs continues, in the midst of salary cap constraints, this would be the time to do it while getting back pretty close to maximum value for a young, still-developing player. With Nick Ritchie and Anders Bjork both in the fold as top young left wings, they would certainly have other young forwards ready to step into the second and third line slots while coming at a smaller price tag than DeBrusque will command next season. And there's more left wing depth Organizationally, as well, with Jacob Lauco headed into his second pro season in Providence after scoring five goals in 22 games as a 19 year old in the AHL last season. What does this all mean? Hags continues If the Bruins have intentions on re signing Tory Crew to an extension in the neighborhood of seven to eight million rather than letting him go in unrestricted free agency, then it could very well be that DeBrusque's days are numbered in Boston. A year ago, that might have been preposterous to think of coming off a 27-goal season at 22 years old. But as we've learned, the entire world can change pretty quickly in the span of a year. One thing is certain, Heggs concludes. The Bruins can't bring everybody back with their salary cap situation, and a slew of key players in Kru, Gozi UFA, DeBrusque, RFA, Grizzlick, Bjork, both also RFAs, and Chara, all looking for new deals. The reigning NHL GM of the year certainly is going to have his hands full attempting to make all of the pieces fit as the NHL salary cap numbers tumble right along with league revenues. Now here's where we get a bit of a catch-22. If DeBrusque isn't able to find consistency in the playoffs and struggles a bit, it would obviously make the Bruins, it would make it easier for the Bruins to re-sign him at a lower AAV. If he has a breakout and his value rises considerably, then you have to think that it makes it more difficult for the Bruins to reassign him and that perhaps Haggs' contention that he could be on the trade block gains a bit more validity. As it stands, I don't really think it makes sense to try to deal him at this point. Um if their seasons wiped out, we'll have to see what happens with the cap. But at the end of the day, uh I don't think his uh, value as an RFA will be prohibitive from getting him re-signed, meaning the Bruins should be able to re-sign him on a more team-friendly bridge deal than this kind of $5.5 million valuation that Hags here is pushing. Uh, so all that to say, the case of Jake DeBrusque will be a very interesting off-season uh, storyline, something we'll obviously keep up on here and. Might even be more cloudy than Tori Krug because it's not really in Jake's hands. Krug can walk away and make the decision for the Bruins, whereas uh, there's some finagling that has to take place here between the Bruins and Jake DeBrusque, and it could get a bit murky because of how uh, he underperformed this season, and if there's no playoffs for him to prove himself, then that gives... Uh, the Bruins certainly a bit more leverage there. Now, let's talk for a moment about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a product that I've talked about on the podcast quite a bit over the last few weeks, and for good reason. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, low sugar, low calories, high protein, high fiber, the perfect snack for days when I've been working at home and uh, don't want to feel guilty about having an unhealthy snack uh, Built Bar is that perfect combination of uh, deliciousness and energy, and uh, it's healthy at the same time. So, if you go to builtbar.com right now, you can mix a mac, mix and match a box of their. Uh, eight chocolate nut flavors and eight chocolate nut-free flavors. Put your box together. Once you go to checkout, if you use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first box of Built Bars. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You will not regret it. Now, I also wanted to uh, give a shout-out to former Bruins winger Jerome McGinley, who was named to the Hockey Hall of Fame on Wednesday, becoming the 59th member of the organization to be immortalized in Toronto. Uh, He's the first Hall of Famer with Bruins ties since Willie O'Ree was inducted as a builder in 2018. Now, McGinley, of course, only played one season with the black and gold, uh, but he scored 30 goals on a team that won the President's Trophy in 2013-2014. He also added uh, 31 assists in 78 games for a total of 61 points. He scored 5 goals and 7 points in 12 postseason games as well. Uh, he, While with the Bruins, he appeared in his 1300th career game and he scored his 556th career goal tying Bruins legend Johnny Busick for 25th in NHL history. Uh, Zdeno Chara said it's a well-deserved recognition, an amazing accomplishment. You should be proud of yourself, the way you played the game, the positive effect you had on every team you played for and every player you played with, your incredible community contributions you've done throughout your career, and what you've done now in your post-hockey life. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that he is currently living in Boston and uh, it'd be cool if there's some sort of connection with him and the Bruins at some point in the future. Chara added, there was no doubt that you were going to be a hockey hall of famer. I just want to thank you for everything you've done for our team in Boston. And personally for me, I learn so much from you every day. You're an amazing pro, a natural leader, and an incredible person. So cool to have a player with Bruins ties in the hall of fame. Now, some other news and notes from around the NHL to conclude. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but Rangers winger Artemi Panarin raised concerns about escrow payments and said the players cannot resume play until there's a new agreement in place in regards to the CBA. He wrote, for nearly two decades, the players have protected the owner's income with escrow, including throughout this pandemic crisis in which owner's equity has continued to grow. It is time to fix the escrow. If you don't know, escrow is basically a percentage of players' salaries that is held back by the owners in the case of, um, you know, a lack of hockey-related revenue, which certainly is the case at the moment. Uh, Larry Brooks reported on top of this that full membership of the NHL's Players Association will vote on a comprehensive return to play proposal. It'll include a collective bargaining agreement extension, which Panarin was referring to, plus health protocols for training camp and the playoff tournament once negotiations between the league and the PA conclude. So, again, any talk about the NHL coming back, it has to be voted on by the players, and there is certainly uh, room for doubt as to whether the majority of them will Agreed to return to play, not only because of the issues brought up by Panarin, but also uh, Montreal Canadiens goalie Carey Price uh, said he wouldn't feel comfortable having an NHLPA vote right now. He said there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. We have obviously a unique situation right now. The NHL and the NHLPA are trying to make the best of a very difficult situation. Moving forward, I'd like to play, but we have a lot of questions that need to be answered. And a lot of scenarios that need to be covered before I can vote yay or nay. Uh, the pandemic apparently struck very close to home for him, as the mother of one of his good friends died earlier this year of COVID nineteen. Finally, the NHL's draft lottery will take place on uh, tonight at eight thirty PM I think Eastern Time. It's a very complicated draft lottery process. Uh, but basically, the Red Wings have the best odds at getting the first overall pick, eighteen point five percent. The Senators have second best at thirteen point five percent, and hold the San Jose Sharks pick at eleven point five percent. We all know that Alex Lafreniere is considered the top prospect. Quentin Byfield, I think, should be up there as well. And there's a wealth of talent, uh, which it looks like, to e- Atlantic Division. Uh, rivals of our Bruins will get some pretty good talent coming up. So that's something worth keeping an eye on as well. Uh, that's pretty much it for this week's episodes of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, like I said, it's a bit of a rough day for me today, but I am looking forward to the weekend and some days off coming up here. Uh, I plan on hitting the beach later today, socially distanced, of course. And... Um, yeah, just been, again, enjoying uh, re-watching New Girl. I'm now on Season 6 of that show, uh, on Season 2 of Halt and Catch Fire, Season 2 of Billions, and I'm almost done Recursion by Blake Crouch, which will be a Netflix show at some point in the future, and it's a very, very good book right up my alley uh, in terms of time travel and things like that. And speaking of time travel, Season 3 of Dark will appear on uh, Netflix on Saturday, and that is one of my favorite shows of all time, and I am very much uh, looking forward to seeing how that wraps up. Now I would recommend that you check out the Locked On NHL podcast. They will also have uh, some great reaction to the draft tonight as well, so do check that out. And I hope you all have a great and safe weekend, and I will catch you again next week on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Take care of yourselves and each other, friends. Peace.